When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Join Jessica Smith on the Like a Girl podcast, where she defies odds, shares inspiring stories, and empowers women to embrace their inner leaders. Tune in for a transformative journey. So I get this letter in the mail with a return address from the Kentucky State Penitentiary. I open it up. It is this pages long, really neat handwriting. And the letter just opens up like, I hope you don't think I'm crazy, but I had to write this letter and just shoot my shot. And if you you know, like if you shoot me down, that's fine. But at least I know that that I tried. So basically, it he just went on to uh, talk about how he felt like he knew me and somehow just had to have the opportunity to talk to me and and just kind of explain how he felt. I was so confused. I read like every page of this 10, 12 page letter. And at the end, it says, sincerely yours, praying I hear something back. Demetriot Rose, a.k.a. Michi. And at first it didn't hit me. Like what? I, I was just confused. And of course I said, yeah, this, this is just weird. Call my brother up. And I'm like, I think you may have gave too much information about me to your friend because he wrote me this long letter and it's obvious that he knows a lot about me. Super creepy. He was like, oh, no, he's cool. He's good people. And yeah, well, you know, he was there with me and you know now he's still there and and I just didn't think anything about it a couple weeks went by and I got a call and it was him calling I accepted the call and I was like yeah I got your letter it was really sweet he was like yeah you probably think I'm crazy right and I'm like well, um, 
I don't know about crazy, but it was a little, it was a little odd. He's like, yeah. He's like, well, I don't know if you know this, but you know, your, your, your brother, he just, he, he loves you so much. He thinks so highly of you. And, you know, he's just, I helped him work on all, you know, his scripts and his reading and just the way that it worked out and him getting that job, like that's unbelievable. And I just think, you know, you're a great person and I would just love the opportunity to know you. And in that conversation, of course, I saw a lot of my brothers and I always wanted the best for them. And I always hoped that they could find someone that could look past their past and just really get to know who they were. And so I think that was kind of my I know I've said this before. I think that that was really at least a big part of why I would even entertain the thought of even starting these conversations with him um, or or just starting to write him back because I just always felt like we all make mistakes. I know where I came from. I know the things that I had done in my past. And, you know, this this person could be just as good as, as anybody else. Now, I also don't want to discredit the fact that I was also very broken, very insecure, and really just lacked that real, true understanding of my own self-worth is the only way that I can explain it. So we start this relationship and we are talking on the phone, we are writing letters, and it's just this whole world that I'm just in just to pass time. Now, it's also in in real life, in the, my everyday life, this is the first time that I've been alone in a very long time. So I'm having the opportunity to really, um, like I said before, sit back and, and realize that there are some things I'm not happy with. Um. By this time, I have went back to Kentucky and I've gotten Jonathan. He's now living with me. There's a lot of things that are going really well, but I'm really starting to see those things about myself that I want to change. I'm reflecting on a lot of things that have happened and I want to make a change. So I spend a good amount of time 
just dedicating time to working out, um, understanding what better eating habits look like, and going down the journey of just a healthier lifestyle. At the same time, I have also carved out time to enjoy myself. I am meeting more people around this great complex, spending time at the bar downstairs after work on the weekends. And I meet someone. So I meet a man from Ganya. His name was Ramon. Really sweet guy. Handsome. First night I met him. Of course, his accent was charming. He lived in the building, same building I lived in. And we're just kind of just chatting casually. Maybe like a week later, I see him again. He had just recently moved in. And this is like a weekend thing now. It's pretty casual. We're seeing each other. And again, this whole Michi thing is like real, but not real because it's just letters and phone calls. And I don't know what's going on. Well, the conversation comes up, you know, hey, well, can you come and visit me? I'm like, all right, well, I'll think about it. And eventually this is a whole thing where I get off of work all day working on Saturday. I get off of work, get in the car and drive to Kentucky to visit him and started off maybe like once a month and then twice a month. And again, I, I don't even know. I don't, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm probably just, you know, thinking, well, I don't even know if this guy is going to get out because he might be paroled out and he's been in here a while. So it was, again, I don't even know. The crazy thing about it was that Ramon was probably the first normal relationship that I had ever been in. And when I say normal, meaning like he was normal. As in he got up every day, uh, went to work, had a legal job, had never been to jail before. Was it like your bad boy came from a great family? educated, 
just all around good guy. And I liked him, but he wasn't my usual bad boy type, I guess. So it got to the point where this relationship, I was, you know, going back and forth more often to Kentucky. And Ramon knew about my relationship. And he used to tell me that his goal was to get me to change my mind and that I had to know that I could do better than that. I remember it was getting to be winter and he's like, you're working all week, long hours, and then after Saturday ended day, you're getting in the car and you're driving eight hours. Like, this makes no sense by yourself. And he's like, this is probably going to sound like I'm crazy, but I'm going to go with you. I don't want you to, I don't want you to drive by yourself. So it was crazy, but we drove together and I went to visit him. And I was honest. I'm like, listen, here's the deal. We're not committed. Obviously, you're in here. I'm out here. Met this guy. He's really nice. We're really good friends with benefits. And this is where we're at. And that's all I know. It was like a real life soap opera that I don't know how I got there. Well, I know I got there. I just told you how I got there, but I didn't know how I got there and I didn't know how to get out of it. So it it went on until it got to a point where he was told that there was no way that the parole board was going to let him parole out and then move to Chicago. And the only chances of that happening is that we would have to get married. So a part of me. I I was torn because by this time I felt like the right thing to do, the responsible thing to do was to pursue this relationship with this normal man who obviously over time really cared about me or I was already so deep into this relationship that who knows what's going to happen to this guy if I don't follow through with my promises. It was just, it was, it was a lot, but 
I decided that I was going to give it a shot. And I remember having, there was always this thing with Ramon that was like, what are you going to do? Who are you going to pick? And he would just get really frustrated and say like, look, like, look at you. You're, you're beautiful. You're successful. You've accomplished so much and you're chasing after a guy in jail and you're going to marry. I mean, he put it in clear perspective for me many of times, but I was, I don't know if it's this uh, infatuation of this crazy jailhouse love story that I just wanted to see how this thing was going to play out. I have no idea. Maybe I was insane, but I did it. I married him and he got out. He moved to Chicago and I refused to end not my relationship with Ramon as I wasn't that trifling. My relationship with him when I chose to marry someone else, but I refused to end my friendship with Ramon, which probably did not set us up for success from the very beginning. Early on in our relationship, after he got out of jail, I knew that I was dealing with someone who was not honest. I never actually confirmed any infidelity, but there was definitely dishonesty and cheating happening from the very beginning. And here's here's the reality that I didn't consider. So he went to jail at a pretty young age. So like my brother, you know, had issues as a teenager and he really spent those early years behind bars and he was kind of the chubby kid when he went in there and after spending a long time incarcerated like many others he came out and he's this you know big buff dude bald head he he got attention that he wasn't used to I get it I don't know what else I expected again maybe I was just completely insane but very early on it was obvious that this was probably not 
going to work. Of course, I got him a job at Direct Buy, but not in the warehouse, in the call center. And that lasted all of about, I don't know, maybe two weeks. The biggest challenge was me being his boss and going through the process of training him, correcting him. Yeah, no, that certainly did not work. So the next, I want to say it was, no, actually the next job he got, oh my gosh, I forgot about this. The next job he got was with Ramon. So Ramon did cable installation. And I remember I was just so upset, so frustrated when things didn't work out with him at direct buy in the call center. And I'm like, okay, and now once again, he doesn't have a job. So Ramon's like, listen, I'll teach him how to do the cable business and he can work with me. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah, I, I, you know, I want, I want you guys to do well. And so he began working with Ramon doing cable. And now I cannot remember which one of them, because at this point, like I said, this thing is like a whole mess. And one of them, I know this is bad. I can't, I can't remember which one of them came and told me that they were on top of a building and wanted to push the other one off the brickin' building. I'm pretty sure it was my husband at the time that said he wanted to push Ramon off the building. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, why, why are you even telling me this right now? And so I knew that that was probably a bad choice. And then they would, you know, start having conversations about me and it, it just didn't, it didn't work. But again, I refused to give up my friendship with Ramon because I, I felt, um, I, I just felt bad. I, I felt guilty that I didn't even understand why I chose him over Ramon when my gut told me that Ramon was the safe choice. And I went on in this relationship and then I started thinking about, okay, I am getting older. Jonathan's going to be 10 years old. 
Am I having more kids? Am I not? I'm going through this weight loss transformation. I'm telling myself you're doing all of this work to lose weight. And then down the line, you're going to want to have another baby. And so I talked myself into, all right, it's, it's the right time. And then the stupid thoughts that, okay, well, you know, maybe having his baby and being pregnant, maybe that will, you know, scare him straight. Again, I remember so many crazy thoughts and crazy conversations with myself. And I always knew the right thing to do, but somehow chose the other thing. And so I get pregnant. I probably say, I don't know, maybe I'm like six months pregnant. And here we are, as big as Chicago is. We're on the northwest side of Chicago, all the way by O'Hare Airport. I get a call from a family member that is in the DMV all the way on Elston, the other side of town. And she says, what are the odds that there would be Two girls sit in front of me and they're talking about someone named Michi at the pavilion. Do you think that's your husband that they're talking about? And I'm like, uh, yeah, probably. First of all, there is not a lot of black people in general that live at this place. Damn sure not. Same Michi. Yeah, that's my husband they're talking about. She's like, oh, well, uh, one of the girls met him in the gym and she is talking to him. They're, 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 they're talking. And I'm like, and that's confirmation because he spends a lot of time in the gym. So it's funny that I think back about being that person that checks pockets and checks someone's phone and checks their wallet and smells their shirts for perfume, like crazy shit like that. And when I think back of all of the cheaters that I've ever been with, it's never those things that get them caught. It's always like this, like the crazy scenarios where it has nothing to do with your detective skills or your stalking abilities. It's just like this, this is supernatural stuff that 
just brings those things in the dark to the light every time, Uh, which is why when I realized that, of course, many, many years later, it was very much so a light bulb moment for myself where I said, okay, um, I don't have to do this anymore. Um, It's way too time consuming and huge waste of my time when every time someone gets caught up, it's never this way. So I got to the point where I was done. Like I'm done with this relationship and I clearly made the wrong choice, but I am having this baby. This is what it is. Thank God by this time, my mom has moved in with us. We eventually bought a house and things are great in every area other than, all right, Lord, how are you going to get me out of this? And thinking back, like, seriously, I imagine God just looking at me like, are you serious, girl? Like, I'm thinking I am going to certainly run out of favors with the Lord because he is tired of me and this same story. But all I can do is pray and believe that he still heard me and he would still help me. And somehow I'm going to get out of this. Thank you for tuning in to another insightful episode of Lead Like a Girl. We hope you found today's podcast valuable. If you enjoyed our podcast, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on your preferred platform. Your feedback is crucial in helping us continue to provide high quality content. If you found the content inspiring, we would like to encourage you to share this podcast with your network. Stay tuned for more inspiring stories and leadership insights on Lead Like a Girl. Until next time, lead with passion and purpose.